I can say for myself that I would not have been able to do the mindset work if I had not been able to share with, with so many people and hear the others. Because all of a sudden it became very normal. It's more important that we really get curious about what we want to do in life, our aspirations. When you start to think about your aspiration, you automatically need to think broader. You know that you will not have the skills and the experiences necessary to take you there. What you do know, though, is that you have the capacity. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Jess. I'm the host and creator of the Art of Speaking Up podcast. And today, I have an interview episode, which I haven't been doing much of. And I have to say, I've been loving bringing back interviews so much. As much as I love doing solo episodes, I love just riffing (laughs) by myself in my room with my podcast microphone. But the unfortunate thing about solos is I don't get to hear someone else's perspective and story. And we don't get to have that back and forth of developing our thoughts and ideas together as a duo which I really miss from doing interviews, and I'm really excited for you to get to hear us do that in today's episode. So today's guest, Sophie, she's going to tell you more about herself, so I will let you introduce her, but I want to share a teensy bit of context in terms of who she is and how I'm connected with her, and also just what you can expect in this episode. This is really, in my opinion, a conversation about facing fears and doubts and challenges head on. One reason that I was so excited about this conversation and so excited to bring Sophie on is because she's someone who really just goes for it. And in this conversation, you're going to hear a little bit about her going for it when it came to that next role and that next evolution in her career. In full disclosure, Sophie is an alum of the Art of Speaking Up Academy. So I have worked with her inside my group program, The Art of Speaking Up Academy. Most of this episode is more just about her career path. So this isn't like an academy-heavy episode. She does mention it a couple of times, and it does come up in the conversation. One thing in particular that I want to explain that won't make sense otherwise if I don't explain it is she mentions putting beads in her jar. One of the things that I do with uh, my clients inside the academy is they get a jar. I used to mail physical jars to everyone. And now as more women are in the academy and it's just me running my business, I'm not able to physically mail every single person a jar. But it started out where I would mail everyone a package in the mail with a jar and they would get a bag of beads. And every time that they had a mindset win, whether they noticed their self-criticism and they caught themselves in the moment or whether they took powerful action as the confident version of them. Every time they experienced a win, they would add a pearl or a bead into the jar so they could literally see a visual tracker of their progress. So Sophie talks about a jar (laughs) 
And it's not going to make any sense unless you have that context. These days in the academy, it is a digital jar. So we have a Google Sheet where everyone has a jar and we fill the jars virtually, which is really fun because when we do it that way, we can type in what each win was. So I can actually like track and read the wins that people are having, which gets me so excited and makes me feel so good. But anyway, that's a slight tangent just to help you understand what she's talking about when she mentions putting beads in her jar. This conversation, I think, will be really helpful to you if you find yourself wanting more and feeling like you want to evolve, but you also experience doubt and feel like maybe you're not good enough, feel like maybe you need to get better, feel like maybe you need to be more confident all of the time. One of the things that we talk about that is so important for me to message to you is that creating a successful career, being really effective, having a big impact It doesn't come from being perfect. It doesn't come from having every single skill. It doesn't come from never feeling challenged or never having a moment where the doubts or insecurities pop back up. It comes from being able to lead yourself effectively through those moments. And I'm so honored to bring Sophie on the show because she is such a beautiful example of that. And I hope that her grit and her courage and her determination inspires you and helps you see that you too can make powerful decisions to move forward, even if you don't have all the answers, you don't have all the skills, and even if you don't feel 100% ready, you will figure it out as you go and you'll probably surprise yourself with the success you're able to create. And with that, let's cut into the interview and meet Sophie. I hope you enjoy. So my name is Sophie. I am um, based in Switzerland. I am originally from Sweden. And um, I, by chance, got to listen to your podcast. And and that's why I'm here dialing in from Europe. (laughs) I am um, working for a multinational company since 20 years now almost. I've held a couple of different positions. And I just changed job to what I would say is my the pivotal moment in my career, I would say. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. It's been now six weeks or so. And yes, so that's a little bit about me. We're probably all really curious about this pivot that you have mentioned. Let's start with where you were at before. So what were you doing before and what led you to want to pivot? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. So before joining the commercial organization that I'm now in, I was four and a half years in supply chain. I moved to supply chain because I wanted to change a completely department. I've done that in my in my past couple of, of jobs as well. So I thought this was a great opportunity to get to learn something completely new. But I started to doubt myself, actually. I thought I needed skills and certain expertise that I didn't have on paper. And I did not feel very, very good about myself. But I still, you know, kept on, let's say, striving, having passion for the job as such. Mm-hmm. But it didn't really give me the the satisfaction um, that I that I was looking for. And almost two years ago now, I was nominated to take part of an internal program for mentorship. So I was appointed a mentor who really picked me up from my doubtful um, situation and you know really made me uh, first realize that no, Sophie, you you do have the skills you need, but potentially you are not you know, where you would like to be. So we need to look at, you know, what are your aspirations? Where do you want to go? Where do you see yourself when you retire and work backwards? So we spent a lot of time, uh, you know, assessing 
my aspirations and uh, my career path. And I actually realized that I'm not meant to be in supply chain in strategic sourcing. I need to be much closer to the customer, first of all, to, to feel that I'm part of, of a completely different setting, international environment. And well, f- through her help, with her help, I was able to, to work 20% of my time on a project within commercial operations. I asked my boss and he accepted that I would work 20% and that made me get closer to the department, get to know the people that, um, that eventually I would, you know, be, be working for or with. After roughly two years, I would say I, I now made the move to commercial operations, uh, almost two months ago. Love it. And did your title and leveling change or did you just change functions? So I changed um, link. So I'm uh, I was promoted to senior manager, and I'm now reporting into vice president of Europe for commercial operations. And in my role, I'm supporting the leadership team. I'm coaching them on our specific business tools. I'm giving trainings. I'm also working on on supporting the VP on her uh, particular European initiatives, and also on uh, different process improvement initiatives. So. I'm really happy. It gives me great uh, insights also to commercial operations and my potential next steps after that. Love it. So did you have fears about this transition? Like what were your feelings? Because it does sound like it was a significant change, bigger role, maybe more visibility and exposure. So what were your feelings about it before you actually like got in it and got the role? Oh, yes. I I was very, uh, very afraid of... um, of many things, and I mean the, the the last two years have been a a, a big journey for me. But um, if we if we go back to just the the first couple of weeks before my my start of, of in my new role, one of my big fears have, have always been hierarchies and successful men uh, at a certain level in the org, right? And now reporting into the VP who who is um, as a woman, she is also newly appointed, so. Uh, we, we will be two women now in in the European management team, but all her direct reports are are successful men. So when I was supporting the the project for the previous VP who who was a man, twenty percent of my time I was working with my colleagues today, right? <laughs> and I had so much respect for them uh, in terms of they communicate so well, they are very assertive. They really made me nervous each time I presented in front of them, and so. I told myself that a couple of weeks before I started, I said, Sophie, if you continue being nervous and afraid of them, it will not work. So what I said to myself is that, okay, now I have to set up one-to-ones with these general directors during the first week uh, so that I can get to know them. We can build a rapport. And I was setting them up, that these one-to-ones, I was really afraid. Prior to the, the one-to-ones, I was also really nervous. But as soon as I started talking to them, they were all so very welcoming, so nice to me. They really um, encouraged me to to not be uh, doubtful, to to take the time to learn the job. And they had no not expectations of me knowing everything from day one. And it was it was amazing. I never thought that it would be so easy. And yeah, amazing experience, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think what you shared just now is so powerful. Number one, because so many people 
have this feeling of being intimidated, particularly by leaders in their company who are maybe in a more executive position. So I think even just you sharing that is probably so helpful for other people to see that they're definitely not the only one because it can really feel like you're the only one. What I think is so cool about what you shared is that you noticed that and you had that awareness of how you were feeling and then you took steps to try to build your confidence and to try to feel more sure of yourself around these individuals. And I'm just curious to hear more about that thought process and like that self-awareness that you have because a lot of people think that the name of the game is to never feel nervous or never have these vulnerable moments. I think the name of the game is learning to move through them. And that's just such a powerful example of you being like, hey, I feel scared and I'm going to show up for this. So I just want to hear more about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think I'm, I've always been um, guided by sentences like action kills fear or I've always tried to challenge myself and, and go beyond, um, confront the fear. It's not easy, right? But when you have, like when I did it now a couple of weeks ago and I feel the positiveness from that, I really can say that it's so true. Our imaginary world that we very often build up in our minds and the stories we tell ourselves are not beneficial to us. So it's like we are really good at maintaining a fake world. Yes. Whereas, you know, our, our fears, our doubts, the sooner we can name them, the sooner we can also challenge them and, you know, work on them. And I think this piece of, of hierarchies or the, my fear for hierarchies have, have been there for a very long time. But I think having accepted the, this, this, this new role also gave me the, the situation where I also could confront my fears, right? Yeah. I, I love that so much. And I also think it's such a powerful leadership muscle as well, because I think that I see like mindset work and the ability to move through doubt and move through internal obstacles, right? Because we have like obstacles outside of us and then we have obstacles within ourselves. And I see good leadership as you're good at moving through both types of obstacles. And with a situation like that, in the end of the day, you did what was going to be really effective because you had the awareness that like part of you was nervous and it was like to do my job well and to execute well, I'm going to have to move through this. And then you came up with the solution, which is I'm going to get to know these individuals that I want to run and hide from. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And like you created the awareness for yourself of the fake world that you had in your mind. And I think that that's so powerful because it can take a lot of initial work just to develop the ability to even notice that you're in a fake world in your mind. And I'm curious for you if that's something that you've always been able to spot and have that awareness or if over time you've cultivated this ability to notice that and be like, oh, I'm going that scary place in my head. Yeah, it's, it's a very good question. And uh, the short answer is no. I have not been so much so aware of my, let's say, imaginary world. I think it's really thanks to the mindset work that I have done in the last one and a half years. It's so easy to, to stay in your imaginary world, your, your parallel world, in your own stories. And you need someone who can, or a forum, a place where you can actually, first of all, start to talk about your fears, your doubts in a very safe environment, I think. For me, that was the game changer where I could um, meet these other women who 
actually have the, exactly the same fears, exactly the same doubts, but they are still very successful and just have that, that share. And then for me, now it seems it's easy, but I think one thing to make it very tangible and very visual to visualize it for you is to, but you have also said, uh, Jess, and, and um, is to put uh, pearls in a jar. I think for, for me, when I started to put pearls in a jar, each time I had a negative thought. <laughs> that was a, a, an eye opener for me because the thing is, it was so easy to fill that jar. And I was amazed. You know, it took me maybe two months or so and the jar was full. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is crazy. So many negative thoughts. And each time in the beginning, you know, you stop and you put a jar, you, you maybe not reflect too much on it. But the more time goes, you actually put the jar, you think about it, but then you move on. It's really the trigger to acknowledge, okay, now I had a negative thought, but now I don't, I don't spend more time on that thought. Now I move on. And I think for me, that was a amazing tool and so easy to apply. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, I think... Sometimes we're just not aware of what's going on internally within us and even just beginning to notice it and to build our awareness that it's just a perception that we're experiencing or maybe it's sometimes it's just a difficult emotion, but that's all it is. And that the story that's connected to it maybe isn't the most objective view of reality can be so helpful because I don't know if this has been your experience, but this is something that I see a lot. Well, I'm guessing this has been your experience, but you can share more about this. But I think sometimes when we get caught in the doubt and when we do get sucked into that scary, negative, distorted world in our own imagination, it can really spiral and expand itself. And that can really take us to a place where we're feeling a lot of difficult feelings, but we've actually departed from reality quite a bit, but we can't even see that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, before... You know, if I go back one and a half years or two years ago, I could spend hours rethinking, replaying certain meetings where I thought I was not at my, at my best. I didn't give everything and the doubt started. And then all of a sudden, I, I don't think I would even be able to explain why I, I have these doubts because then you, the, the brain starts, you know, making, adding more stories and then you're, you go offshore. And, but you can spend, you can be in that moment for a very long time, very improductive, very negative. Yeah. And it can really grow. We can get deeper and deeper into it. And I also want to clarify for people like that we're not saying to bypass difficult feelings or like sort of lie to yourself that everything's okay. But there is a difference between giving yourself space to feel and experience hard things versus then buying into stories that aren't true. (laughs) And that's a really, it can be a really difficult line to walk, but really important. And I think that you share such a wonderful example of that. The other thing that you mentioned that I think is so important and that I just really want to encourage anyone listening to see if it's something that they can do or take an action item from, as you mentioned, like sharing your doubts with other people and the impact that that had in helping you relate to fear and doubt differently. When we are talking to other humans, psychologically, we lean on the perception of other humans to help us form our perception. Like we are constantly trying to interpret and understand reality And one of the most powerful ways that we can do that 
is to understand how others are interpreting and understanding reality. And I think the reason that I'm bringing this up is because I know that it's really common for people to isolate when they're feeling doubtful or going through a phase in their career where they're thinking they're not doing well or just really struggling to believe in themselves. And what's tricky is we need the opposite. We actually need to get out of that echo chamber and be exposed to other people's experiences, have other people be exposed to our experiences. It helps us see things differently. So is there any maybe encouragement or anything that you would want to share with someone who maybe has a tendency to kind of keep themselves in their own bubble when things are feeling hard? Because they're like, well, I don't want anyone to know about this. And like, I don't, I don't want to tell people about this. I'm the only one struggling with this. It can feel really scary, right, to start to share with others. I can just say that I'm extremely grateful for the forum. So, I mean, I took part of the Art of Speaking Up, that, that this academy, almost one year ago now. And I have done, you know, one-to-one coaching before. But when I heard about the fact that we would be, you know, six to maybe eight or nine women, potentially having similar experiences or, or maybe not, but at least willing, we all had one thing in common. We were all willing to share. I said, I, I have to have this experience. And I, yeah, I mean, for me, it was, it was uh, a fantastic experience to learn from the others and, and uh, share. I can say for myself that I would not have been able to do the mindset work if I had not been able to share with, with so many people and hear the others. Because all of a sudden it became very normal. And when you talk about something out loud, and first of all, you might get feedback meaning positive feedback where the others would say, wow, I have exactly the same experience. That really helps you to just feel, again, very normal. And it really allows, at least it allowed me to no longer maybe focus on that, but rather see, okay, what can I do now from this knowledge? How can I move away from staying in this doubtful sphere to move to to action instead? Yes, so helpful. And to anyone listening... The Academy is one place where you can do that, but it's not the only place. And I think sometimes we filter in our relationships, right? Like we don't share what is really happening or, you know, we think that we're going to be judged or shamed. And usually we have the opposite experience. I guess it depends who the other party is. Obviously, you need to be in a space and with other people that can hold that. But I just want to encourage people to get out of the aloneness. And I'm glad that that group environment helped you. I think a very common experience that people have coming in is that they are severely underestimating how common their experience is. And they're also just overestimating how their experience of it is so much more extreme than other people's. And that shift in perception alone, I think, is really useful in creating an internal security of like, nothing is wrong with me, right? I'm I'm like going through a challenge. Yes, this is hard. Yes, the doubt comes up. But there isn't some like big tragedy, right? Like the nature of the problem or the challenge changes as you see how ubiquitous it is, as you have that connection of opening up to others about it. I'm curious if, if you experience that. Yes, I think one of the my main uh, false belief is that I always thought that being a good girl, working really hard would bring me somewhere automatically, right? That I would get promoted as soon as I have done hard work, I have the experience and the skills. I have definitely come to realize that, that this is not how it works. At least it, ha- it never really worked for me. And I think 
I become more and more convinced that it's more important that we really get curious about what we want to do in life, our aspirations. You know, taking the example of when I retire, what do I want to tell my grandkids or my, my, my children about my own career? And what would I be most proud of? I think we as, or at least if I speak for myself, I didn't think I, I would dare to think that far out. I have another 20 years to work and I always thought that it's the, the, the current skills and experiences that will bring you further. Whereas when you start to think about your aspiration, you automatically need to think broader. You know that you will not have the, the skills and the experiences necessarily to take you there. What you do know, though, is that you have the capacity. And I think that was a game changer for me when I realized that, no, of course, I don't need to know everything. You know, I don't know everything in my current role. You know, everyone continuously tell me that we don't expect you to know everything in your current role, but we know you have the capacity. And that is such a nice feeling, really. Yes. Oh, well, first of all, the hard work thing. I think we can't really blame ourselves because I do think that that's what we learn in our schooling system, right? Yeah. Like yes. the, the more effort I spend, then I will write this really good paper or I will take this test. And I'm going to know a lot of the answers. And so there is more of a correlation between hard work and output. And then we get into the workplace and even in early individual contributor roles, sometimes it really does work that way. Like in the beginning, it really is just about the execution. But then you come to realize that that's, it's hard to differentiate yourself on those things. So I love that you're sharing that. We'll talk more about that in a second in terms of like giving people advice on being more proactive to pursue what it is they want. I also want to talk about what you shared about not having all of the skills. Like I don't even have all the skills in my current job. And of course, like I also don't have them in this new bigger job. I love the way you shared it because what happens with a lot of people is they're like, I don't have the skills. I have to quickly get all the skills. And it's almost like feeding the lack of confidence. It's like this perfectionism of like, I have to plug the holes. And the way you spoke about it is very similar to how I see it, which is like, what if this is not a problem? Like, what if the goal is not to have every single skill? Mm. I'm curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, the, as soon as I started to flip the coin, no longer focus on my, you know, elaborating or developing my current skills without actually knowing the end goal. But as soon as I flipped the coin and I said, okay, where do I want to go and work backwards? I started to feel that, well, first of all, I, I felt a huge passion for my aspiration. I had so much passion that, of course, I immediately told my boss that, wow, listen, I'm, I believe I'm, I'm not in the right position. I actually, I need to move back to commercial operations. And when he heard my story and my, you know, I could really talk to my aspiration, what I want to do, he, he felt it. He said, but Sophie, if you don't want to stay in supply chain, we have to support you to get you to find you something else. So that was a, an amazing experience. Yeah. So as soon as you actually feel the passion, you know, your, your aspiration, you become the driver of your career all of a sudden. And when I then read the, the job spec for my current role, you know, I, I read it through two, two different lenses. The first time I read it and, and I read it many times through that lens was, wow, I don't have the, the skills. I don't have the experiences. You know, the job spec was extremely focused on 
you know, in past sense. So you have to have had this, you have to have, you know, experienced this and that. You have to have coached the the leadership team, the C-suite on on certain tools and everything. And I I said to myself, wow, I, I don't have that yet. But then I turned the coin and I said, well, but I, do I have the capability to develop those skills? Have I had similar experiences before? Or should I compare myself with someone who has had the role for five years? No, I cannot. I have to give myself the opportunity to actually learn the, the, the skill through the experience because my, my, my current job will give me the possibility to pick these skills up. So as soon as I read through the job spec through that lens, it was, yeah, it was a, an amazing revelation as well for me. Yes, thinking more flexibly about it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We can get so rigid and we can look at it. And as soon as we see something that doesn't match our skill set, we're like, oh, you know, I can't have this. And catching yourself doing that and then being like, wait, wait a minute. What if I view this differently? And it also goes to show like you landed the role, right? So the more flexible perception was the more accurate perception because it's not like you applied for it and they were like, well, you've never done this before, so you can't have this role. You applied for it and they gave you the role. Yes. And and to tie it back with the aspiration, I since I knew where I was going with this role, I I I mean, it fits within my my passion. So that also made me, you know, go for it. In addition to the fact that I changed lens, right? Yeah. Absolutely. How do you feel about yourself now having made the transition? Oh, I feel uh, amazing. It's 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 <laughs> it's amazing to be not not necessarily about me, but it's amazing to have you know, when I look back and I go back one and a half years or two years ago, uh, I was, you know, in a completely different mindset. I was doubting myself. I did not know where I wanted to go. I thought that working hard would get me somewhere, but I didn't know where that somewhere was. To today be in a position where I, I know I'm in the right, you know, in commercial op- uh, operations where I would love to be. I know I, I now have opportunity to also potentially move around, you know, after after having settled in this role for, you know, five years. I, I know that I'm in the right space to go to the next step. Just the fact to to have changed my perspective on on skills and and experiences. And for me that's that's an amazing uh, knowledge to have. Yes. I love that. And it's so cool to hear how happy you feel about the transition. And one clarifying question that I'll ask, because I think sometimes people assume, well, for me to have that kind of growth, I've got to become perfect and I've got to become this version of me who never struggles and never feels doubt. That's probably what she experienced, right? And I just want to clarify like whether you're still a human who experiences doubt and struggle, because I think people get caught up in this idea of who they need to be. And it's way too, like the bar is just way too high. They're setting the bar too high. Yeah, I I definitely still have fierce struggles. I'm still very nervous. But I think, again, the way I, I look at it now is that, well, if I'm nervous, that means that I am I have an opportunity to grow. I'm in a scenario, in, in a situation which I might not have done before, but I know why I push myself to be in that position because I, again, I link it with my, my aspiration, my long-term goals. And I know this is the only way to advance. So I, I try to relax a little bit more, even though I'm super nervous. And people can hear it on my voice 
when, when I talk in certain meetings, whereas in other meetings, when maybe the stakes are less high or, or when I don't have the, 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 let's say the very successful men in, in the room, right? That I have to drive or, or guide or, or, or push for certain results. Of course, there's a difference, but I'm, I'm very positive that it will, it will remain like this, right? For a good period of time. And then until I, I, I'm put in a new setting. <laughs> I think what's cool is like you're willing to, to put yourself in the position where you're going to experience that. And like, you're not making that a reason why I'm not going to accept this position. And I think another thing that I feel curious about is like, how you feel about your ability to succeed despite those things, despite feeling stretched, despite it feeling difficult on some days. Yeah, I think it it is normal, right? When you're learning a lot of new things, to be nervous, to not necessarily know how to manage a certain situation. I really try to be kind to myself when it comes to this new environment, because not only am I do I need to acquire new knowledge, but it's also around getting more familiar with this the C-suite or the, you know, the senior management level that I have for a very long time been very fearful about. So, you know, the two in combination, you know, could have put a lot of stress on me. Whereas now I, I tell myself that I, I have to put faith in the process I'm going through. I've also heard it from them, right? That they are very supportive. And of course that helps. So... Yeah, I love that so much. I just think that really good leadership and even really strong confidence is not about feeling amazing and never experiencing doubt. I think it's much more about how we relate to that and how we choose to move through it. And I think it's just such a powerful example because what I don't want is people to think that in order to be really successful in their corporate career and to have you know, a position with the type of exposure you have or for them to go for their next big thing, whatever it is, they have to never struggle, never feel nervous, never experience doubt because that ends up creating a ton of pressure and then people start to think they can't do it. Like they develop this false belief that they can't do it when in reality, those obstacles are part of the process and they don't necessarily mean that you won't be able to succeed. And over time, I'm guessing that the more time that you spend around these C-suite people, it is going to feel, it's not going to feel like towards the end of your time in this job, it'll probably feel very different than how it feels in the early days. That would be my guess. Yeah. And I mean, even even now during the last two months, I, I feel a big difference. Oh, you know, wonderful. From, from my, That's quick. Yeah, I mean, from, from my, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm, you know, where I would love to be, but but already the fact that I, was able to spend one-to-ones with them and to get acquainted, you know, on a, on a personal level. For me, that was really helpful. Yeah, that was a, a key learning for me at least, yeah. Love that. Okay, couple of things I want to make sure that we talk about. I know that you've been really proactive about this next step and you talked about how hard work doesn't speak for itself. Mm. What would you say to someone who is interested in growth in their company, is realizing that hard work doesn't speak for itself, is realizing that they have the opportunity to take more action, but it feels scary. The imposter syndrome is coming up, like that doubt that we talked about is coming up. What would be your advice to that person? I I think the first thing is to create clarity on the aspirations. I've said that a couple of times, but I, for me, it was really the, the aspect that made me see things differently 
So I think, and, and also I feel that it created a lot of passion and energy in me. So I think clarity generally is very important. And I, and that's where you also will be able to talk to your own manager. And the more your manager knows where you want to go and, and when you're very tangible and very specific on where you want to go, the more he can actually support you as well. So I think it's a, it's a win-win situation. And there are many, many different uh, tools out there on, on the web that we can use unless you have the opportunity to get a mentor. Because for me, that was also very, very helpful when you have someone who does not necessarily know you, but who, who are then willing to ask all of the, the tricky questions and really go to the bottom of what you would like to, to achieve. I completely agree. It's really hard for us to see ourselves objectively. And without that outside perspective, we can tend to really underestimate our skill set and what we're capable of. And it can really veer us in the wrong direction. Like I've had times where mentors were like, don't accept this job. You're so much better than this job. And I couldn't see it. And I'm so thankful for that outside perspective. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm super thankful as well. And my mentor has said that many times to me as well. That no, 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 Sophie, you have to wait for the right moment. Don't, don't be impatient now. Yeah, um, it will come. Yes, and it was definitely worth waiting for. Yes, and sometimes we need that reminder. Just like I was saying before, how it's not about being perfect. I think with this, like we're always going to have moments where we forget about our gifts, right? And we kind of go back to like playing small and having that reminder is so helpful at all levels, I think. So in that case, we'll pivot to the closing questions. This podcast is called The Art of Speaking Up. What does that mean to you? Yeah, so I think, yeah, there are many different meanings, but I think the main one that pops up is probably the fact that that it's about speaking up for yourself internally. The art of speaking up, just to learn how to get more aware of your own thoughts about your own doubts, make them aloud in your head, because that is almost the starting point for me for change afterwards. I love that so much. It's so much about the inside. Totally agree. And for the final question, some context behind this question is I started this show because I went through a period in my corporate career when I was in the nine to five world where I was really struggling a lot. And I couldn't really find a source of inspiration or empowerment. So I started this show to maybe be that for someone else. And so I love to give this last space to you, to the guest, to just speak to anyone who might be in a difficult spot or who might be looking for some inspiration and motivation to share whatever is on your heart that you would want them to know. What I would love to share is um, a quote that is close to my heart. It's a quote that I found maybe a year ago or so, and uh, it's become my guiding star. And the quote is, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. And it's by Joseph Campbell. And yeah, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. It's For me, it's so powerful. It really speaks to many of the things we have discussed today, where we can either we conquer or we face the fear. We decide to take action and move towards the fear because my experience tells me that action kills fear. So the the closer we can be to the fear or act around the fear, the less fear we will actually feel about that topic. 
And when you then can link the fear with the treasure, something that you actually want even more, then it gives you energy and the courage to actually go and, and take action towards or against the fear. So I love that. I love the idea of linking the fear to treasure. I especially like the idea of thinking of it as treasure. I've never thought of it that way. And that feels so wonderful. <laughs> thank you, Jess. Yeah. Ah, you're so welcome. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you so, so much for being a guest on the show. Thank you so much, Jess. It has uh, really been a pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning into today's interview. I hope that you left it feeling inspired and feeling energized. I have spent time with Sophie both doing this interview, us preparing for this interview together, me spending time with her inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. I have found that she is such a determined human who just charges forward when there's something that's important to her. And it reminds me that I can do that too. So thank you, Sophie, for being that reminder to me, being that reminder to everyone who's listening and for sharing your story and opening up to all of us so that we can learn from you and get motivated and inspired. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you've made it all the way here, all the way to the end, thank you so much for listening. If you want to go deeper into my work, there's a couple ways that you can do that. The first way is through my free resources. I have something called the free resource library and it is amazing. It is literally a free one-stop shop digital library where I have compiled eBooks, video courses, templates, worksheets, all designed to help you build confidence and develop a powerful voice in the workplace. You can get your hands on the free resource library by heading to jessgazetcoaching.com slash free resources. And at the very top, you'll see a place that says, click on this button for the free resource library and you can grab that. And if you're interested in working with me, you can learn more about the Art of Speaking Up Academy by heading over to jessgazetcoaching.com slash academy. I do my best to keep that page up to date with the latest information on when the next cohort of the academy is enrolling. And if you're interested in more personalized support, like one-on-one -on -one time with me every single week, you can check out my one-on-one -on -one at coaching. I'm going to put all of this in the show notes. A big thanks to Sophie again for coming on the show, for opening up, for inspiring all of us. And a big thanks to you for listening till the end. And I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.